we knew we wanted just to play guitar. Yeah. And at some point after quitting the band, and uh, we was like, oh, it doesn't matter if we play in a coffee or background music. And for us um, to 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 stick to our guns when we left Ixtap and went to Dublin, for like, uh, that was kind of our, the same uh, goal. So like, we're not going to do anything else but playing music. And we quickly realized that we had to play on the streets, yeah. and uh, it was the best experience ever. Yeah, well, but I must say that adding to the redefinition of success, the experience with the band was quite intense because instead of focusing on music and stuff, we were focusing on how can we play here, how can we do this, and that drained us. That's why we we said now nah, we. We don't like we we can't quit music, and as a matter of fact, now we're going to embrace music, and that's how it, we said, okay, whatever, we can go and play in anybody's wedding, anywhere else, background music, whatever. But for us, every single note has is going to have a meaning. That's Rodrigo Sanchez and Gabriel Quintero, and this is the Ritual Podcast. Rich Roll Podcast. How's it going, everybody? How you guys doing? My name is Rich Roll. I'm your host. So it's one thing to be an artist. It's another thing, a quite rare thing, in fact, to become a successful creative, somebody who is applauded and recognized for your art. And even more rare are those who navigate the vicissitudes, the ups, the downs of an acclaimed artistic career, any career for that matter, with a high vibe devotional approach in a consciously elevated way. My guests today, musicians Rodrigo Sanchez and Gabriel Quintero, otherwise known as the Mexican acoustic rock guitar duo Rodrigo y Gabriela, are not only incredible masters of their craft, they fully embody this ethos, a sensibility that has carried them from obscurity in Mexico to busking on Grafton Street in Dublin to playing premier sold-out venues across the globe. Along the way, they have performed at the White House for the Obamas, collaborated on film scores with world-renowned composers like Hans Zimmer, and lent their talents to television shows like Breaking Bad, all while staying true to their utterly unique Metallica meets flamenco artistic sensibility, as well as themselves. I've got so much respect for these two, and this episode in which we try something new format-wise is an utter delight. I've got a few more things I want to say about it before we dive in, but first, shall we support the fine establishments that make this show possible? Why, yes, we shall. We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel. But what you wear isn't just clothes. It is, without a doubt, technology. Technology that can make or break a performance. And I can tell you, after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics and just this 
heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking Ons high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailor fit, built to move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in fleet foot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team from increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com slash richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. We're brought to you today by Birch. If you're serious about optimizing your sleep, listen up. I've spent countless hours researching and testing various methods to improve my nightly shut-eye, and I can confidently say that it all starts with a good foundation. And if your bed is old, if it's uncomfortable, lumpy, then your sleep inevitably is going to be impacted. So it's important to invest in a quality mattress, one that's insanely comfortable, that's organic, sustainably made, and that, my friends, is a birch mattress. Fair Trade and Rainforest Alliance certified with the finest quality organic natural materials like organic fair trade cotton. Birch mattresses are made with none of the toxic chemicals and off-gassing produced by most major brands. Kind of important not to be breathing that for a third of your life, I'd say. Plus, it's super luxurious. I've been sleeping on Birch for about five years, and I'd say it's the perfect ratio of soft to supportive and the craftsmanship is just next level. I've got one in every room of my house. I love it. Pretty sure you will too. And right now, Birch is giving 20% off all mattresses and two free EcoRest pillows at birchliving.com slash richroll. That's 20% off and two free EcoRest pillows. Sleep better with Birch. We're brought to you today by Seed. Gut health is all the rage. There's good reason for that. I've probably devoted, I don't know, at least a dozen episodes of this podcast to the many, many crucial ways the microbiome contributes to your overall well-being or lack thereof, and to the many diet and lifestyle protocols we should all adopt to promote gut health, from fermented food to fiber and everything in between, including, of course, the importance of supplementing with a probiotic. And the one that I have come to trust far beyond the shenanigans of the supplement world is Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. It's the most solid, science-based, and rigorously evidence-backed probiotic and prebiotic on the market. Formulated for optimal digestion, gut immune function, gut barrier integrity, skin health. In fact, my 16-year-old daughter has been using it to clear up a significant acne issue, and it's been wonderful, as well as many other systemic benefits. Like I said, I've been taking it daily personally for years. I love it. My body loves it. And right now for our listener community, Seed is offering 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Visit seed.com slash richroll and use the code richroll25 to redeem this offer. That's seed.com slash richroll or code richroll25. Okay, Rodrigo y Gabriela. If you're unfamiliar with this incredible dynamic duo, prepare thyself to be amazed. 
Uh, I had the opportunity to see them live at the Greek in LA the night before this conversation. And uh, I got to tell you, I was just stunned by the sounds that these two are able to make with just two guitars. I've never seen or heard anything like it before this because there really isn't anything else like it. In many ways, their music defies any attempt to truly describe it, uh, but I don't have to because today, in addition to the kind of conversation you've come to expect with this show, uh, we're going to play around with the format a little bit to weave in a private mini concert into the experience, which I promise you is an incredible treat. As far as the conversation goes, we cover their backstory from heavy metal roots in Mexico City to how busking on the streets of Dublin led to a huge break and uh, the extraordinary career that followed. We discuss their influences, origin, and evolution of their unique style, the importance of mastery in their musicianship and in their personal lives, uh, including the role that meditation, spirituality, uh, and veganism has played in their self and career development. Uh, Intercut with live performance along the way, they share these incredible stories like what it was like to play the David Letterman show, uh, the White House for the Obamas, and uh, working on big Hollywood films like Pirates of the Caribbean. Lastly, uh, this is one I think you're going to want to watch on YouTube. Uh, Hearing Rod and Gab perform is one thing, but actually seeing them do their thing takes it to a whole new level. So you can find the video version on the episode page at richroll.com or at youtube.com forward slash richroll and hit that subscribe button while you're there. And that's it. I'm in love with these two. Super excited to share them with all of you guys today. And I hope you enjoy this experimental twist on my typical format.
delighted to have you guys here. <laughs> Thank it's you for having us. The, uh, the experience last night at the Greek was transcendent. Hmm. It was incredible. And I'd seen lots of videos of you guys performing and you know, listened to obviously you know, digital recordings of your music, but it didn't really prepare me for the experience of, of what you, you guys do before a live audience. It's really amazing. And to see you carry and hold such a powerful vibration. Uh, I remember just kind of canvassing the audience and looking out at everybody, just so fixated and impacted by the beautiful art that you guys put out in the world. Thank you. Oh, thank thank you. you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's cool to have you guys here today and thank to perform a little bit. We're, we're, we're opening up the format. Um, which I'm excited about. So I think, you know, what I'm interested in hearing about, you know, what you guys do is so different. It defies categorization. It's, you know, it, it's the result of so many different influences. So when somebody asks you, like, how do you characterize your, your music? Like, how do you answer that or think about that? Well, we have probably two different answers here, but um, in... <laughs> yes, we always do. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, we should say, yeah. you guys are together, but you're not together. Yes, you were once together, down. together, now you're together, but not together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but I think um, the way I see it, we come from a rock background. Uh -huh. we, play, we used to play heavy metal, and we did that for many years. We had bands. Gav joined my band later. We come from a thrash metal background, and we still, I mean, we love it, but we always both, we grew up uh, uh, surrounded by, yeah, cool uh, parents that uh, were listening to, you know, to different styles, and yeah. uh, listening to jazz, and, and bossa nova, flamenco, and, right. you know, and so I guess uh, when we left Mexico City uh, in 1999, and uh, we uh, went to Ireland. All these influences, I mean, we left heavy metal a little bit behind, and yeah. then we only carried uh, two acoustic guitars. And I think um, all these influences just just came came up, you know, right. and out of nowhere, and just a mix. But I think it basically it's rock, acoustic rock. Um, that's the way I uh -huh. would put it. Yeah, uh, Gabriella, you said you disagree a little bit? You have a different uh, no, perspective? No, this time, this time we sort of... Uh, we're you're you're, <laughs> you're on the same page on that? First one, we're on the yeah. same page, so it's good. Yes, I agree on that one. Well, it's an interesting story because you begin in Mexico City, but then you're in Ixtapa for a while, mm -hmm. right? Together before you go to Dublin? Yeah. Um, so you have this band experience there. So what motivated you to say like we we're gonna go we're gonna pick up and go to Europe? Well, I think it was um, a mix of things at that time uh, when we had the band. Um, it was this metal band. We wanted uh -huh. to sound like Metallica, and Sepultura, Testament, and all those Slayer. the usual the Slayer, Slayer, the usual suspects of metal. And uh, and for us, we would had this illusion of of do big with the band and all of these things. And I used to play the electric guitar with the with the Marshalls, and uh -huh. Rod played the other guitar and scream a little. And then his brother played the bass, and I, that friend played the drums. So we were like a proper. Met Mexican right. Legit. Me <laughs> Mexican metal band. <laughs> exactly. What is the metal scene yeah. in Mexico? It's huge. Dude, it's it? huge. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. Uh -huh. uh, but it's all underground, and uh, so we couldn't really 
to play much. It was we were internationally non-famous mm -hmm. and struggled to to make it. And and also we we worked in another in another works. Like I used to teach some classes to kids and I teach yeah. them like Metallica riffs or something like this to make some money. So uh -huh. I had no money. And then Rod, I think he worked in a TV station do, doing music. And then at some point we said, you know, Dah. it's like just living this. Yeah, music. for us it was too, at least it, in Mexico City it was so big. It's so big, and it's for some people we don't like cities anyway whatsoever. But nevertheless, Mexico City is 25 million people yeah. living there. So, yeah, yeah. and it was it was quite a big thing. And for me it was like, oh, but the beach is just like a few hours away from uh -huh. here. So, And then, because me and Rodrigo, we always jam with the with the acoustic guitars. We always jam into different, not just metal music. We loved all guitar music. So a lot of people said, oh, well, like my aunties, you know, they said, oh, why do you don't play that instead? Because it sounds nicer, uh -huh. you know, with the acoustic yeah. and it has <laughs> more mellow. So we figured it out that we can go to Ixtapa. And play for uh, like aunties and just like a tourist. a tourist and play this mellow acoustic guitar and save some money and go to Europe. So mm -hmm. we reset our definition of success at that time. But we started playing like Slayer tunes in acoustic. Yeah. And that's uh, that's why we, we didn't have ma enough exactly, material. We didn't have enough material. So right. we, you know, we had to play like three hours in the hotels and uh -huh. stuff like that. So we said, that, well, we, we, we need to just start just doing this metal um uh, acoustic metal tunes right and um but all people the wouldn't all really, the ballads. yeah all the ballads they weren't into it that. yeah i mean the tourists are like that's an interesting mexican <laughs> I, I would think music. that would be really cool because <laughs> it would be very different but also uh recognizable for somebody so like oh I'm, i i i know that song yeah the for, chosen for young, people the chosen guys, people yeah. went like hey that's that's metallica <laughs> yeah. or that's you know but no not all canadians <laughs> Yeah. You know, they were not that familiar with Slayer. Uh -huh. uh, and um, so we, we kind of got away with it. Right. Yeah. But the idea was, we're going to go here and we're, we're done with taking a paycheck anywhere. Like, no matter what, mm -hmm. we're going to earn our living playing music. We're mm -hmm. going to live as lean as possible, as minimally as possible, so that we can commit 100%. Yes. Yeah. So we, was our, we reset everything. We said, okay, now our definition of success for us would be play guitar and keep as uh, learning musically speaking and uh, and travel travel the world and start in Europe but before to you before Europe we need to to, to take some money <laughs> a little bit <laughs> so, of money <laughs> so we went yeah. to Ixtapa and that's how uh -huh. we started to 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 think okay we can play in the hotels and the lobbies and we can and the restaurants and then we can save money and at the beginning was a little like whoa because everybody says no 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 like we yeah. went to like at, at least 30 hotels and they all say no Yeah, but at some point, one guy said, uh, a pizza guy, uh, he owns a pizzeria there. He said, okay, come, I can't, I can't pay you, but you can play and you can put like a, a glass. Or, right, yeah, exactly, yeah. for uh -huh. the tips. And he gave us wine and pizza for free. So yeah. we were like... And you're at the beach already. <laughs> yes, yes. Right. So we were so happy. And we eventually, because a lot of people saw us, like the hotel, so it was, oh... 
these the two guys are playing uh, this crazy. crazy. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't like crazy at that time. It yeah. was just like uh, they want us for the wedding, so we were start playing weddings uh-huh. and, and uh, like cocktail parties and so all of that. So we became super busy, and uh, we didn't save money until the last month uh-huh. uh, before we went to you. <laughs> <laughs> but I like how you redefine success in your own terms, right? It yeah. doesn't have to be a record contract or playing Not a venue all, like yeah. you played last night. It was just, we're at the beach. We don't have jobs. We're making a living playing music. We're committed to mastering our craft. And like, that is success. Yeah. yeah. Small victories yeah. that you really need to, t- I mean, probably at the time, um, uh, we didn't, I mean, we weren't aware of these small victories, but we, we, we knew we wanted just to play guitar. Yeah. And at some point after quitting the band, and uh, we was like, well, it doesn't matter if we play in a coffee or background music. We, I'm not going to be like selling swimming suits, you know? I, I prefer to yeah. play guitar. And that's nothing wrong with those, those yeah. kind of jobs, but I, I, I just wanted to play guitar. And for us um, to, to, to stick to our guns, when we left Ixtap and went to Dublin, for like, uh, that was kind of our the same uh, goal. So like, we're not going to do anything else but playing music. Mm. And we never thought, I mean, we, after nine months of playing hotels, we said, okay, we're going to go to Dublin and find a hotel or at least a pub, but uh-huh. it doesn't work like that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> well, it's all about Grafton Street there, <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? Which so, you quickly realized. I quickly realized that we had to play on the streets. Yeah. And uh, it was the best experience ever. Well, the busker culture there yeah, is is really amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is another another. Well, but I must say that adding to the redefinition of success, the experience with the band was quite intense because emotionally, we we were grasping so much to to get things like we were our own managers in our own way, uh-huh. and so we took our own for it was like the total is final. Top <laughs> Mexican, <laughs> Mexican version. version. And so we sort of got so. Do you still emotion. have those photos? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so we, instead of focusing on music and stuff, we were focusing on how can we play here? How can we do this? And that drained drained us. That's why mm. we we said no. Nah, we we don't like we we can't quit music. And as a matter of fact, now we're going to embrace music, and that's how. It, we said, okay, whatever, we can go and play in anybody's wedding, anywhere else, background music, whatever. But for us, every single note has is gonna have a meaning, you know. And that that was one. Once we just came there, and yeah. we didn't. The the mistake there was not to save enough money yeah. since we was nine <laughs> months <laughs> spending and spending. Yeah, but that probably just put a little fire in us. Yeah, like, we need somewhere yeah, to sleep. Uh, but I think there's something really beautifully profound about that, which is this idea of letting go of of results or being results driven. Like, hey, we need to like you know, control this process so that we go from here to this other place and instead saying, listen, we just love playing guitar and like, how can we just set our lives up so that we can play and that's the win and let go of trying to control wherever this leads us and just being in for wherever it's gonna go. 
Yeah, yeah. because there's this, this drive of trying to control things for us in our experience was the opposite. It, it came, came with exactly yeah. the opposite of what we wanted. Uh-huh. So it was for a look at, well, let's try not care about that mm. <laughs> and see what happens. So you're, you're, you're in Dublin and you're busking and you're on Grafton Street. And this is sort of like, correct me if I'm wrong, but in my imagination, this is sort of like... Uh, the Beatles in 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 Hamburg, right? Like just you're putting in your reps, you're playing every day, all day mm-hmm. long, and over time, through that consistent process, you start to find your sound and this, you know, this thing that's so identifiable in what you do. Yes, yes. and we. Sorry, um, the thing is, we <laughs> were playing. Yeah, we're gonna start. <laughs> no, <now>. it's good. <laughs> no, we we are. Um, <laughs> we were kind of. Um, doing the same, uh, playing the same music. We were playing at hotels, uh, like covers and Santana uh-huh. and Slayer and whatever, but, and this in Grafton Street. But um, someday this, you know, urge of just uh, composing, writing your own music again, but away from metal, you started to, you know, to, to really, really push us to do something. And then, so we became, we started writing our own music there. like. The first versions of what you just heard yesterday, mm-hmm. right? Like 20 years ago. And it's funny. I mean, when we played those tunes that we were writing in in, uh, in our little room in Dublin on the streets, people gave us more money. Uh-huh. And that that was, you know, the, the thing that made us write more. Not, I mean, we were not looking for management. We're not looking for venues to play. Because we're done with that. Yes, you but know? you need right. to say a very important fact that, as you know, our skills on money-wise wasn't very good because yeah. we were just not <laughs> a clue. <laughs> so what we did was when we came to Ireland, uh, there was a one-way ticket. We arrived in Dublin on April, 4th of April, ni- 1999. Uh-huh. And... Uh, and then we we had essentially we we ran of one thousand sterling pounds in a week because we were playing paying I don't remember why but what the thing is and one week after it had no money and we were like <laughs> shit where are we going to do did you have like a place to stay when you got there uh, no, or like, no we that's just another story, well, that's yeah. another story because <laughs> I, 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 yeah I remember this Mexican girl we met before we went it was like oh. Oh, by the way, I live in Dublin. I'm in holidays in Mexico. And for us, it was like, oh, how coincidence. It's incredible. And then she said really nicely, look, when you arrive to Dublin, I'm going to be in Poland. You guys can mm. stay in my house. And this is the direction. So you guys can stay 15 days. So you need to spend money. In those 15 days, you will find another place to right. live. And we're like, oh, wow, life is great. It's right. the, the universe it's is the showing power. up. Exactly. But when we arrived, to, <laughs> we were up to the house. Even the taxi, because the taxi man was so nice. He came and took us to this house. And we saw an, a note at the door and then the taxi said oh oh there's a note at the door (laughs) and it says oh sorry guys you can't stay so that's why you just yeah just changed the plan completely Uh and uh, and then eventually uh, we ran out of this thousand sterling pounds because we went to an agency it was crazy and the thing was 
that we had this little car that we never used. And I said, okay, now with the power of the freaking saint, whatever credit card. And so we put it into the ATM machine and we said, okay, let's put 600, whatever. And he just gave us the money. Whatever that. <laughs> We need these paper things. Just give me some of that paper. But then we had to pay that with credit. It was right. It was an advance. Exactly. It wasn't like we were. Oh, now Uh we're in Europe. Relax. Let's (laughs) wine. No, we had to go and we had to play in the Irish summer, which is Mm -hmm. winter. And and I had to play in the street, and it was every time we just playing this crazy in order to pay that a stupid amount of. It was right. just like uh, almost. But like you it could was, get a little cash every day, and you're getting instant feedback on the music yeah. that you're putting out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. In that sense, and and it's not actually you make more money. I don't know now, but uh, back in the day when we stopped busking and started playing pops and coffee places, hey, and we. We made more money in the streets. Yeah, yeah. I I had Amanda Palmer on the podcast, and uh, and, and, you know she when she left, you know she was a street performer Mm -hmm. in in Cambridge doing this eight foot bride thing, and she was doing really well. And her Dresden Dolls partner was like, "Come on, we got a tour in the band," and (laughs) that was like a big pay cut (laughs) to like you know pursue music and tour. Which is like, yeah. That's and so she had funny. to like think about it. Like at first, she didn't want to leave that because it was a that was believe it or not that was like security. Yes, you know, that's true. To be yeah. on tour is expensive.
We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life. And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And with that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care, especially because unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem, a problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support, and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple. Search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. Life in recovery is wonderful, and recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. What is the meaning of life? What happens when we die? What is our purpose here? If like me, you ponder these delicious existential questions, I have got just the thing for you. It's called Soul Boom. It's a podcast hosted by everyone's favorite best friend and my friend, the deep thinking and deeply hilarious Rain Wilson where he communes with intellectuals and entertainers, theologians and philosophers in intimate exchanges that tickle the mind, heart, and yes, the soul. Subscribe to Soul Boom on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. There are certain rare people who have a powerful voice and know how to use it. My friend Amanda Decadene is one such human. The podcast is called The Conversation because it is the conversation, a groundbreaking series of raw and honest exchanges on the issues that matter most. Mental health, sex, politics, ambition, gender roles, and more. Listen to The Conversation wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. So I think it's it's sort of reductive to say, I mean, you, you know, when, I'm sure people ask you all the time, like, well, what was your big break? Like, what was the moment where it kind of tipped into a different gear? And, and, and it, it seems like one of those moments for you, as reductive as it, as it probably sounds in the grand scheme of things, was um, 
was uh, Damien Rice seeing you guys, right, and taking an interest in what you were doing. I would yeah. imagine that that really changed things. Oh, totally. Yes, yes, because that introduced us to you know to venues, mm -hmm. the proper venues. He was um, he had a band, which was successful. Uh, to like pre uh, previous years before we arrived, uh, like probably '97, and then he left the band and he started his solo career uh -huh. and started working on his big album, right? You know, oh, oh, exactly. Right, yeah, and um, and he, you know, we were basking and suddenly we saw this hippie guy just sitting in front of us, like in the street, sitting and. And we became friends with him. And, so he did it with the clo eyes closed, yeah, and he, just, he liked it, yeah. you know. And we became friends. Yeah, and and we did. Uh, and he was building his solo career. Uh, he was actually uh, af afraid of basking in Dublin because he he. I mean, some people knew who he was because of the band he was in. So he would go to Galway and busk there. Because uh, if know, they saw him, they would think, oh, he hit hard exact, times or something. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, he had his reasons. And then, um, so we were um, kind of, like living life in Europe while he was working hard. He went um, uh, on tour. He was making, like doing his own things, like going to Germany and secret gigs here and there, yeah. like, you know. And then we decided to go away from Dublin for six months. We went to Denmark. We were basking in Denmark, basking in Barcelona. Went back to Ireland. And then Damien was already like with his new album. It, and it was exploded. number one. Yeah, it exploded. Yeah. And we ran into each other in Tower Records, like the old the record store. And, and he said like, hey, I'm going to play a show in Baker Street. You, do you want to just open for me is it like that would be fucking great and that day <laughs> that day let me get we, back to you yeah, <laughs> that day we met uh niall which is still our manager mm -hmm. that day yeah. i mean he was working with damien that they split and um niall we met that night we met our manager and we're still with him wow that's amazing and so here you are, how many albums now? Five albums? Four, three, four studio, four, four, I think four studio and... And, and three and live songs. albums? Yeah, yeah, three live, yeah. You played at the White House? Yeah, <laughs> it was great. How was that? It was great. That was real, that For Ob yeah. Obama. With, yeah. 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 Right. Uh -huh. yeah, but because we didn't know, at, uh, we were on tour, of course, like a long, long tour, Australia, da, da. and then at some point, our manager rang us and said, hey, that the White House rang the office <laughs> and they said, I want you guys to play there. But uh -huh. then they didn't say anything because it's all secret and all of this. It was about, okay, we immediately assume it's going to be a, a party with some politicians and mm -hmm. we're going to play like that. Like want the us like a, the Yeah, 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 yeah. So and then we said, okay, well, let's, we have to say yes. And then it was the last day of the, of the tour. Yeah. And uh, so when we arrived in, in, in D.C., we were so jet lagged, so tired, so tired and had to get up. Even Adriana, which was our, our friend, she traveled with us. She felt asleep for the first time in years. Uh -huh. She never felt asleep because we were, we were that tired. So when we arrived to the White House... And me and Rodrigo, just like this, nothing fancy. We, we just yeah, almost like, wearing shorts. I was ridiculous. wearing shorts. I see, I see the photos today. Uh, like, oh, no, my God. No. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we both oh, and yeah. I with jeans and like this and that. so we came in through security and then these guys like men in black doo -doo 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 -doo, uh -huh. and they took us to this oh come on come here you too and uh -huh. they took us to the White House and they took us to this crazy incredible place inside and oh this is the room this, this is this this is like a museum kind of thing and they left us in a little room there like for maybe five minutes uh -huh. of just waiting, waiting. And then they took us to this place where it was full of photographers. And then we just step in and... And there was the president there, and and Michelle Obama was so was like, what is? Am I dreaming? Because we were just like, oh hi Michelle, <laughs> <laughs> hi Obama. <laughs> it was a Mexican. It was it was a Mexican president there too. Uh -huh. And they said, oh, what's your name? And I said, well, my name is Gabriela. What's yours? Like all of these. And then you can see in the photo we're uh -huh. like, like this, also bad dress. Oh <laughs> and then we had to perform for for uh, a good bunch yeah, of the politicians. Thing is, I mean, they, they had this um, thing uh, celebrating something between Mexico and, and the States. But, and then Beyonce was playing half an hour. Uh -huh. And... And we were playing half an hour. Right. But they had built this beautiful stage outside the, the White House. And Obama just liked their music. He said, like, the first thing he said, like, I, I, I have your music in my iPod. And um, he even was using some of the music and the, at the campaign. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was, a, he was a fan. And he loved music, as you know. Yeah. And, um, and, and it was it was great just to to be there and we performed half an hour then Beyonce performed another half an hour it was surreal what a crazy yeah. experience <laughs> yeah. wow. so from Bosking to the White yeah, House yeah I mean that's <laughs> like I just wanted to punctuate that like that arc is so insane yeah you know and when you're walking through a public square whether it's in Europe in the United States or in a subway station and you see somebody busking it's very easy to be dismissive or mm -hmm. like oh wow man you know it must be hard for that person maybe it is maybe it isn't yeah. but you don't really think that the possibility exists that you could trans send that like paradigm yeah. into like what you guys get to do now. Yeah, and as you said, like being on the streets is so magical because it's seeing life through completely another perspective yeah. because you are like almost invisible and you, you, you are not playing any role. He's just in the street. Uh -huh. And as we, we got a lot of like really crazy experiences in the streets. Yeah. And the, even then, I think we dedicated one tune to a, a tune is called Viking Man to a one homeless guy in Denmark. And it was this homeless guy that we consider was like our angel uh -huh. because there was police, there was very strict. And you looked, that policeman looked exactly like that cartoon Top Cat policeman. Mm. It looked exactly the same. And he came like, oh, no, you can't play this. This is for blah, blah, blah. Right. And we were okay. And the homeless was like, <laughs> And then he came and said, like, he's not here. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, and, and sometimes we, we start arguing as we normally did. And then he came and said, you two, stop and play. You know, just scream at us like this. Uh -huh. And um, 
and he was just taking care of, our, of ourselves in, in his own crazy way because he was drunk and all of these things. And we felt like it's, it's just another dimension almost in the street. Uh-huh. And it's also good for us. It's never going to change the fact that we, you walked into a street. I always looked and who is there and and just acknowledge and honor whoever, even if it's just somebody like it's so wasted, you know, it's still a human being. Right. Yeah, and you, it can't be about expectations. It has just to be about the love of the music and just you know the just being present for whatever's going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. It was so sweet and cute last night, Gabriella. Like after you guys, uh, you know, came back out for the encore, and you're like. You're like, okie dokie, we're going to play another song. Because <laughs> it's such a contrast with like the power with which you play and the ferocity and you're shaking your head and you can't even see how fast your hand is moving. And it's just like, I'm like, what is even happening here? Like, I can't even wrap my head around this. And then you're like, hi. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> Probably because yeah. I'm Gemini, so yeah. one twin is like this and the other one uh, goes like this. Yeah. It's like this weird duality, I guess. I don't know. Um, but when you're when you're up there on stage, and even just now when you perform for us, I noticed, um, you know, you both like close your eyes, and it's almost like you're entering this trance-like state when you're playing, and it feels more like you're. It's it's sort of beyond the the experience is beyond music in that it feels like you're just transmitting like a signal like an energy right like mm-hmm. there's a tr- there's like a you are a channel for something that comes from the beyond and you're there to transmit it yeah yeah that's intention I mean that is intention and I think that happens that's why music is mystical I mean it, that's why God is, it gathers people and and. And people go there to, you know, to feel something, right? Yeah. And um, when when we started, uh, I don't think we were aware of that power. Um, nowadays, um, after many years of touring and and yeah, some years of struggle, because there is a point, you know, you at the beginning you are like so, like I'm gonna do this. You don't even know why. You just feel something, right? And then um, you get comfortable. You know, you you yeah. just you just like two or three albums, and then you just have to make you know your life is very comfortable, right? As a musician, as a touring musician, and um, you hit a point when the, you f- really kind of forget that feeling of, and then you have to 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 meet it again. You have to meet the reason. Again, you have to find it to to look for it because it's somewhere kind of you just got lost, you know. And um, that happened to us like four years ago. Uh, we're in Japan and we were like, I think you know we we've been just asleep for the last five Coasting. years, you know, yeah. Um, and uh, we kind of made a deal in Japan. We're in Japan, so like let's let's get these together. We didn't know how. Let's get it back and because we are like touring the same places, playing for the same people. It's like, it's good, but wh- uh, why are we doing this right. for, you know? Um, and then just that uh, combined with personal experiences that you need to transcend, you think, well, you feel like, okay, this is what I do best, right? I mean, we have different interests, but music is the thing that we feel and how can we 
use this to heal ourselves, but not only that, but just to, to share something that people to inspire people to do something with it. That is really, really, really powerful. And um, nowadays we try to do it. I mean, we have left a little bit of that ego thing that is always there, like thinking that people is there for you. It's not, it's not true, you know what I'm saying? It's not true. And when you're on the stage, uh, these days when we're on the stage, we, we try to, I mean, we can play good some days, some other days we are more nervous, some other days, but that doesn't really matter, mm -hmm. you know? As long as you are try to be present and try to, to, to connect with them, try to, I mean, we are energy for sure. I mean, this is not, I mean, it sounded like a few years ago, it sounded crazy, but now, you know, science is telling you, you know, th different things. And all these new science, like neurologists are coming with uh, different studies about how we broadcast the signal, right? And um, that's what I want to do every night. I would try to, yeah. to, to, to send, to send stuff and to share whatever comes to me that day. And I think you're doing the same, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, when you came on stage, the first to open the the evening, the first thing you did was express gratitude. Yes, of course. You're saying I'm so grateful to be able to be here tonight, and not just me, like oh, I'm you know the two of us get to be up here, but like how grateful, how amazing is it that it, we're just it's this beautiful night, we're under the stars at this yeah. incredible venue, and we get to participate in music. Mm -hmm. That in and of itself, right? Yeah, like back to the roots back to just pure artistic expression. Yes. Yeah. That's the way. Beautiful, <laughs> right? And uh, and and the new album is called Metavolution, right? Yes. So you got a chance to kind of explain what that means. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about that. Uh, well, what I explained was um, meta is a Sanskrit word for compassion and love and kindness. Well, at least that's the Western translation. Apparently, if you speak Tibetan or Sanskrit, uh -huh. it has a more deeply meaning and, and everything. And pollution comes from evolution. So in our own world, in our own vision, as an artist, we wanted to portray um, a vision of a world that uh, uh, whose humanity and, and their talents and their and their science and all that intelligence is in service of life yeah. and, and and that is possible but you need to practice <laughs> it's like this practice mm, skill mm -hmm. and uh, and being compassionate and practice compassion it takes a, it is a whole other level you need to transform your your person you need to become someone else almost because it's just meaning that you have to face your fears and everything else and also face the fact that we are not perfect and sometimes we don't like to see how bad we are yeah, no one likes to look at that. No, and we can we can read about oh, my my family did this to me. Yeah. Oh, my we all have family. lots of opinions about how everyone else can change. Exactly, and, yeah. but what about what am I doing? And that's what it is all about. So in in our world is, it, it, it take your own responsibility, and just expand the circle of compassion. You know, yeah. just add more and include more. That's the idea. Right. Meta, M-E-T-T-A, which means loving kindness. 
Uh, there is a loving kindness meta meditation yes. practice right. and technique. Mm-hmm. I've had Sharon Salzberg on the podcast, oh, who's the big, you know, amazing. Sort yeah, of yeah, practice pioneer, her. pioneer of that. Good, yeah. Um, it's a beautiful practice. Yeah. So yeah. it's just so, so cool that you name your album that. Yes. Um, and it's interesting because it's so, like at times the album's so, in, it is like a, it's like a trance-like, there's a there's like a, uh, you can kind of, it's a trance-like thing. It's almost like mantra, you know, in yeah. the way that mantra works with meditation. Like it it just puts you, it, it, it changes your state to just yeah. be in it. Right. Yeah, and I think mantra, and when you hear all this, this singing and crazy, all, all the Indian music, that raga, right. which is yeah, just yeah. all they have different tunings, and it's just like, to me, it's like, tum, tum, it's just like, <laughs> it takes you <laughs> to another level. Because uh-huh. every time I go, even like the, the yeah, those, right. those are right, right. like, it, if I hear it, I go like, <laughs> like a dog like signal. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Just go groom. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, practice the, I mean uh, we, we've been practicing meta for years. I mean, th- I mean, we do different stuff. I mean, mm. you, you, you meditate, yeah. right? Yeah, do yeah. you? Yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're challenging me. Um, well, I get nervous because it's you? like you know, you, I have you? people on the show who are like, I do it for an hour every morning and every yeah. night, and like I'm certainly not okay. consistent in that regard. Um, you know, I I um, uh, I started doing meditation in 2004 with a like um, kind of Buddhist uh, teacher, and since then I've been practicing for um sometime i was doing meta and then uh, recently i i, f- I found uh, joe dispenser which is, uh-huh. is incredible the right. stuff that he's doing and so i mix i do meta i i i do uh, the wing hof stuff uh-huh. which uh, i love it yeah. and i do the cold exposure and and the breathing and um and i practice a lot of the 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 Joe Dispenza stuff. And I think you do some of the stuff as well, right? You practice. I'm not as disciplined as what he, he, he once he is into something, he does it 100%. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't like that, honestly. <laughs> I, can, yeah. I can just that, whatever. Right. To me, what is very important is it's not to very say, why, it's, why do you meditate? And why do you, why why do you want to be it almost sounds like super selfish but the way we see it and the way we both see it is like humanity is an instrument so it's it's everyone tune itself if we, we tune then we right. we might function as a, a collective oh, yeah. something and that's the way i see it because compassion is not just a, just going inward and I said, I don't want to know about any negativity in the you world. To, you have to bring it into the world. Exactly. Mm, that's exactly. The hard part. And the hard part, because when you do things for others and you get involved in an activist work and in, in some sort of an organization, you want to do good things, you're going to face your own fears and your ego projected into other people. And that's why sometimes you can't go forward you can't make a change because you get sick of it and just like oh those guys i hate them and then just like nothing is done yeah so you need to work on your own self in order to when you go act out in the world you do you actually do things you do 
you are efficient in your own activism. Uh-huh. So I think we all, in my view, we all should be activists. But before activists, it's important to tune. First, tune. Yes. Yeah, you got to yeah. do that first. Exactly. That's the part that people don't exactly. like to look at. It's true in life. And I think it's reflected in your music, like the fact that you... Rod, you know, like you're experimenting with all these different practices. I mean, that's sort of your sensibility around what you guys do on stage, right? It's all of it's a confluence of all these different influences. You have a different. You're a hundred percent guy. You're a emotional Gemini person. <laughs> and that, that like combination, you know, creates this like soup that produces something magical and beautiful. And <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's interesting when people try to characterize specifically what you do as as like flame, like primarily flamenco mm-hmm. oriented cuz certainly there's a flair of that but it's yeah. it's not that like it's something totally your own it is very different yeah. it is flamenco is it is an incredible almost it's like a sacred re, yeah sacred mm. and it, we lived in Spain and we we knew um incredible players and incredible people there you see people wow we love flamenco uh-huh. by the way but we're very respectful of flamenco so that's why we said no we don't especially because yeah. we know they hate when people are <laughs> confused right uh, or they're like if uh, in spain they and actually the purists hate paco de lucia for instance mm. which is a god of flamenco guitar because he experimented a lot and then we have a friend um Vicente Amigo, which is a genius, and the way he plays is incredible, and that's flamenco. Uh So what we do is more rock and roll, and I um, I developed a way to kind of play the drums because we were on our own playing in the street, and sometimes I felt people was gonna get bored, which Mm. we just playing so guitar stuff and like scales and really nice arrangement and then we answer and, all that. and I thought of people it's gonna get bored they're gonna uh-huh. go you know so for me it was important to to keep the, the rhythm and I knew that you can see flamenco or some mariachi or some other musics they do rhythms with the hand and they play yeah. it it's not like I invented it but I knew I didn't know how to and my way to trying to figure it out it makes me discover new ones, new ways. So yeah. that's why it's just like, okay. I mean, it is truly a percussive <laughs> instrument as much as it is a string instrument. For yeah, yes. I, I mean, it's I, incredible. I think your Irish. Um, it's oh, Bada, the, right? The, like the Bada. Baron, yeah. Ba- yeah, yeah. Baron, yeah. The I Baron. think that's because we had this friend in, in Ireland who's an amazing uh, Baron player. And um, it's sort of the Irish version of yes, flamenco, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then got, he, this guy. Well, it's Irish traditional music, mm-hmm. and uh, yes, he told me a few moves, and uh, and then uh, because Baron plays with a stick, that's the way they play it. But I practice it like without a stick on yeah, the yeah, guitar. Yeah, itself. yeah, the, the, like, mm-hmm. on the Baron, on the drum. It's oh, a drum. I see. Okay. It's a drum and uh-huh. it's very beautiful music. We love Irish music. And so I started practicing like, like this, like this, and a lot of the movements comes from that technique yeah. instead of flamenco.
There is so much health information out there. It can feel overwhelming and leave even the most well-intentioned confused about what's what and who to trust. Well, the first person that I call when I'm seeking clarity is my friend and nutrition expert, Simon Hill, host of the fantastic podcast, The Proof. Each week, Simon matches wits with brilliant scientists, translating their evidence-based insights into actionable tools for better well-being. Subscribe to The Proof, available wherever you get your podcasts, and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. Well, on stage, the sound is so massive. Like, it's just the two of you. Yeah. And you're either playing electric or acoustic. Mm -hmm. You're playing acoustic. But it sounds like there's 15 instruments <laughs> going on. Like, how many inputs do you have? Like, there, do you, are, you have, like, mics inside the guitar? Like, how are you getting all these different percussive sounds? And, yes, you know, we do. We do. I mean, it's been a process. In 2007, uh, we're in Japan, and Yamaha approached us and... and um, and and since then, they've been working with us and together, and it's great. I mean, we developed uh, twelve years ago. You couldn't find nylon string guitars with piezos. Piezos are like mm. little microphones stick to the body of the guitar. Mm. Um, besides the pickup, the normal pickup, right? That, you know. And uh, so, in order, we were, <laughs> and we had uh, at that time we had toured. Ireland and England endlessly. And uh, our profile had raised uh, quite a bit. And then we hit a wall the day we were invited to support Muse at their first stadium shows mm. in Wembley. Mm. Wow. So our guitars weren't up for it, you know? And we did it and it was a pain for our sound engineer. I mean, I think that they Because are, the venue was so large. The, like the, the venue was right. so large, yeah. you know, and 80,000 people and and, so we knew that we need to we needed to you know to upgrade the whole thing, and then we were using different guitars, and so we met Yamaha, and then we I mean this is not a, an ad of course, but this right. is <laughs> you, you can't it's okay, um, but um, yeah, and it's the, the they developed this system that wasn't anywhere in the market back in the day, and uh, and they've been just upgrading the system, and Gabriela has seven piezos. Uh, wow. on, on the body because she plays all around right. the body, right? So it so you turn one instrument into seven, basically. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> or one amplifier. What the one. idea but is knowing like, where those pickups are in different it, places all over the instrument. At least it's less. It sounds very complex because the system is very complex. But as you, when we played here, for instance, two microphones and two guitars. Yeah, that and that's yeah. the essence of it. So the idea is all that sound, how are you going to bring the sound to the level that... Uh, fill that space. Exactly. Right? 500, 1,000 people, 2,000. How are the 
are you as an engineer going to bring this level without feedbacks and uh -huh. all of these things? So that's the development of all these technologies, um, and especially on the guitars. And that's why that we got the, the little piezos, which are like a pickups that they yeah. capture mm -hmm. the sound of the wood. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's the way it is. I don't know exactly how to they do it. Like the, you can it's ask them quiet, in Japanese exactly. if you want to. Let's see if you understand. Don't worry. You don't have to worry about it. They're taking care of that for you. You just do just your thing, right? Just do my yeah. thing. <laughs> well, speaking of doing your thing, you know, I mean, what what's happening is, I mean, when I was watching you, it's this is this is. Um, mastery in motion, like you guys are masters of your craft. And, you know, I'm sure, no doubt, it's the result of, you know, years and years and years of dedication to your craft. Um, but there's something beautiful and just transcendent about seeing a master at work, whether it's a basketball player or, a you know, mm -hmm. or anybody who's, you know, kind of mm -hmm. mastered their discipline. Um, so how do you think about that like, how do you, do you think, do you even think about that? Like, no, mm. but I don't know. Not in, yeah, about. <laughs> I don't know. Not, yeah. not personally. You're I like, I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. But you mean I like, like the uh, Yamaha uh, people <laughs> about, <laughs> about all, like towards ourselves or what? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, do you think, like, clearly, like, you, you want to be the best that you can be, right? So, what is the process of doing that? And, like, how do you think about, like, becoming the best version of what you can possibly be well not to at least for me not to to center everything in i know the guitar thing is the the thing that i have practiced the most and probably because of that is one of the things that i do better but i'm i was never the kind of guy that i wanted to be the fastest or the, you know and now i think it's a whole thing if I'm, I, I feel if I meditate more, if I get to know myself better, I'm gonna be calmer when I'm on stage. And that's gonna probably gonna help to, to share more information uh, with others. But uh, that's one part of me. And um, I need to be more, you know, to, to practice more in my uh, compassion towards my crew, for example, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> as you know, uh -huh. and um, and so to me, it's a whole thing now. I I I want to become a better person for 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 the rest, for the people around me, and not as a you know, as a single uh, practice in this case, uh, as musician, you know, itself. And um, I um, you know I I try to to do the best I can, but always try to you know to do something. For, for the one that's beside you and, and try to be good to Gav, which I spent a lot of time with, with my girlfriend back in Mexico, with my, you know, the people around you, you yeah. know? And I learned a lot from people like you when I listened, when I started listening to podcasts like three years ago, you probably were the, you know, one of the first podcasts and listening to your guest and your own story, your books, and it's really inspiring. And, and I think this thing just passes from you to me, to, from me to others, and, and that's I think that's that creates a better world. Yeah, know, to you know? to be master of your craft, 
means to uh, explore mastery of self. Yes. Right, in the broadest mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but also it's just that this maybe code of uh, your own, you know when you when you are being a little lazy or you know when you are a little bit too pushy with yourself, so it is to find that balance. And I think once you find that balance, that's what you find, okay, now I'm doing the best I can uh-huh. right now. Yeah. You know, but sometimes it, uh, for me and I think for you too, sometimes we had pushed ourselves too badly mm-hmm. or sometimes just not. And I think it is important to say, okay, I'm not the most important person. It doesn't really matter, you know, if I play, if I Wrong. made a mistake yes. or whatever. It doesn't matter. But what does matter is just to do whatever you have to do around. And like at least I do, I, I do meditate in my own way. I like uh-huh. to run, and and so then on the stage or when we are playing together, when we are coming up with new music, you are sharp. You yeah. are there. You are present yeah. because there's nothing horrible to be like with like hungry or like this, like this, trying yeah. to come up with something. And I think that's the key to master something is like you make sure your body and your brain and all your being is ready available for this, Take as you said, like this, this source. To, so that thing can come in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And to be in the, in, in, in the worst place is the, I mean, if you, you know, if, if you are. You play a match, let's say a soccer player, and you you win ten nil, ten nil. I mean, uh, ten all. I mean, you don't really learn much, right? right about that match. Yeah, it's only when you're tested. Exactly. And when, when you, you test, and but the thing is, you need to be open to those moments, and you need to convince yourself that you're going to learn from the really dark uh, nights. You know, because if if I mean, you get afraid, but sometimes you get so many of those nights at some point it's like well yeah. you need to find a meaning you know to those uh, dark nights i mean so, those are those can be gifts yeah, if you have the they, right relationship absolute, with no, them they but then are. the problem is then you become successful like you guys and you get soft and exactly. then you're like wait a minute like wh- why are we doing this like where are we finding our inspiration Absolutely. now because life is easy yeah yes and you become like very stupid you uh-huh. become like oh but now i need Everything to be organic, and I, yeah. I don't like blue. We're not getting except M and M's, only blue M and M's, right? Yeah, exactly. My rider. You know the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, well, I mean, look, you guys have blazed a, a, a fearless and very innovative artistic life. So, what is the what is the message that 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 you want the young artist out there to hear? Somebody who is struggling or trying to find their identity or their path in an artistic endeavor? Uh, I think um, it is very important to keep yourself inspired all the time and not be afraid to maybe look at other artists. And also one thing that is very important is- Except Metallica. Except Metallica. (laughs) (laughs) But I think we're so judgmental. Our our culture is so judgmental and so dismissive and so like, that's shit, that's crap, that's this. And that is like a a boomerang. It just compounds in this massive insecurity. And a lot of great artists and so talented people 
they can't bring anything to the world because they're so afraid they're going to treat them the same way they treat the other people, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So, right. and I think one of the keys, I would say to young people, they want to play, they want to show, they want to, it's like, there's always people that not, they're not going to like what you do, no matter what. There's always there. Those ones, those guys, they're always going to be there. You don't want to focus on those. Uh, but on the other hand, you have, you can potentially become better and bring things to the, to this world that they're, they're worthy for every everyone else to see them. Mm -hmm. So those fears that, oh my God, they, am I good or I'm not good? That comes from the judgmental thing. It is a bad habit. And it's almost it's getting like, harder and harder because social media that's just what I was foments that, you know, and I see it in my kids and it's, it's, it, it's debilitating. Just leave the phone and just play, practice. Um, big, I mean, so, you know, forget about uh, taking pictures for Instagram and for your, you know, rehearsal and just send it to your, I mean, that doesn't really work. It's really debilitating people. Not only, um, uh, I, uh, read the other day, a study in England that young people like between, uh, 12 and 18 years old, they are showing now less uh, uh, amount of uh, muscle mass and um, resistance than 30 years ago because they don't move, right? Right. They're not, they're not yeah, moving. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. not surprising. But it's, it's super high. I don't remember the, 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 the percentage, but it's super high. It's like, it's really worrying. So in, in this case, I mean, my advice is like really focus on music and try to... I mean, if you're a young musician and you try to uh, to to please others first, that's that's the. I mean, you want to play music, thinking that uh, you, you need to be liked by by others. I don't think that's a good idea. You no. need to play whatever you really feel is good for you, and not to copy. I mean, it's good to learn from bands and just covers and all that, but then you just try to do something different. There are so many, but especially now, so thousands and thousands yeah. of bands with the same. Uh, layout the same, you know, it's, it's and, and it's getting difficult. It's more difficult because, I, but at some point, you, you, I mean, all of those bands, a lot of those bands, they sound pretty similar. Yeah, and it's, it's easier hard. than ever to create, harder than ever to stand out. Exactly. But at the same time, the days of of the massive breakout, you know, hit machines are kind of gone. I yeah. mean, every once, you know, there's always a few, but. That's not what it's about anymore. It used to just be about radio play. Yeah. And now look at the career that you've carved out, which is very against the grain. You know, yeah. I don't know that this career would be possible 30 years ago in so. the way that that it is now. Yeah. And every, you know, like my my 15-year-old daughter, she she's constantly discovering new music on SoundCloud, all these unsigned, like these are people no one's ever heard of, you know, exactly, just yeah. like, and you can really create your niche and and I think it's that's exciting for anybody who's interested in creating because the tools are readily available and the importance of the gatekeepers is no longer. Yes, yes. Yeah, but as you said, like, um, 
we can't say black or white. There's the benefits of all of the changes. And there's always, there's always going to be good things about social media and how an artist that is independent can take mm-hmm. advantage of all those things and all of that. But it's just more to balance things yeah. a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I, that's coming from that experience of you tr- that period where you were trying to control everything, right? Exactly. Like now you, like, you have to be your own social media manager and you, you have to do, you're, you're thinking about all these other things other than, the actual art itself. Exactly. So you get you get you disperse your creativity, everything, because you are thinking like like a, a few months ago, we we got this call with our team or management. It was like, oh, you guys, you need to do social media, blah blah blah. blah. Then they said, we are terrible okay, but well, we try <laughs> it, we try it, yeah, and we then tried. we got so distracted. You, you know, filled it was the Greek like, theater last night. So yeah. who cares? Yeah, yeah. You know? That's what matters. Like for yeah. us, we realized the more we try to be. Oh, now we're having a cappuccino. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) well, that's not stupid for a lot of people, but uh, but it's for us. Perfectly (laughs) posed in the whole thing, right? All right, so what's up with the vegan thing? Oh, what's up with the vegan? Tell me about this. Okay, uh, vegan, when I start a little bit, can I start? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Um, I was born vegetarian. My mom was the hippie. Uh-huh. And uh, she was in this some sort of India Hindu yeah. thing. I'm so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, me and my sister, we were born vegetarians and um, mostly into the vegan thing, like very healthy sort of thing. And then eventually, I think it was in Ireland when I started to hear about vegan. And I was like, what vegan is? I didn't know what it was. And this was pre-Happy Pear Days, right? Yeah, pre-Happy yeah. Pear Days. Right? And so the, our manager had a, shared a flat with a vegan guy. But he a looked so... Okay, <laughs> I wanted to ask him, but he looked just, he looked angry. Uh-huh. And he had this, this energy. Of, and I was like, oh, maybe I, just, I would not <laughs> ask. Because it, it sounded like he was going to give me a bad time. And I didn't know why. Right. A lecture is coming. Yeah. Like something like, I didn't understand what a vegan was, honestly. I would try to ask Nile or manager what it is. And he's like, oh, it's just extreme shit. Right. And I was like, yes, but okay. So one day in a, in a restaurant, in a vegetarian restaurant, I saw uh, like a um, pamphlet or something. Right. That, in Cornucopia? Was uh, this in it Dublin? Was, that was Cornucopia in Dublin. is great, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was some of oh, no, those I alternative. Think one of those, uh, Govindas, right? Govindas, yeah. I yeah. think. Oh, Govindas, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they had this, uh-huh. uh, like, a, a vegan sort of propaganda thing, and they talked about how treatment of cows for dairy and all of these things. And for me, it was at that time, I thought, oh, but. You drink the milk. You don't hurt. You don't hurt to the cow. You don't hurt the chickens. And in this thing, it was just so clear. And for me, it was like okay, boom. That was it. That was it. And then one pamphlet, a very effective propaganda pamphlet, just like did the this. trick for you. <laughs> yes, yeah. because for me, it was a, and all my life since I was little girl with me and my sister, we wanted to to. We love to be vegetarians. We loved it because we, my mom, instead of teaching us how bad meat was, she was more into, oh, look at the beautiful animals, or oh, look at this beautiful tree. And it was more into an inspiration side of things. Uh-huh. 
So for us, for both of us, was always this message. But it was also very hard to to grow up in Mexico, which is a, has a very strong astronomic yeah. culture and family based culture, and it was very strong for us to be with our, surrounded with all these people and and have this discrimination against us because it wasn't like it wasn't a bad thing they at least but all the jokes and uh, those kids are uh, like give them uh, grass, grass. Yeah, and then so we inside and oh poor little girls like <gasps> so you don't need you don't need dreams right. and you don't need this and, and we were like but inside, you know, we were just like this, but we didn't care because we ate so deliciously at home. We never felt we missed anything, yeah. you know. So for me, it was easy to just flip into vegan really quick. Uh, I've traveled to a lot of places all over the world, and I've said this before, but the place that I had the most difficulty eating vegan was Mexico City. Yeah, And I, I did not expect that. I thought it would be super easy to do yeah. it there. Now it's getting, I don't know when was last time you went there. It's, it, was, it was three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. In two years, you know, happy cow that uh, yeah, yeah. that app. Man, it used to be like three restaurants. Now it's like. Yeah, but like if you go to a swanky restaurant, you say, oh, can I have just, oh, everything would have some animal something. Mm, yeah, it's like cooked on the in cooked in fat or whatever. Something normal, like this. Normal, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's uh, like a. Yeah. That's what it makes. They, yeah. they put lard on it. Yeah, you can't yeah. just get beans that yeah, aren't cooked exactly. in lard. You know, unless they, yeah. But Rod, how did so? How did this go down for you? Uh, I wasn't uh, vegetarian until um, just being around Gab and Gab's family. Uh, uh, I saw them like they were very, very, very healthy. Her and her sister, and um, I used to suffer a lot, like uh, especially like. Yeah, and digestions and all that, like when I was young. And then I stopped eating red meat when I was 16. Mm. And I was like, and I kept doing the, the healthy, quote unquote, uh, uh, meat uh, for years until early 2000s. I, uh, there's a cat called Mitsubishi. <laughs> Mitsubishi. <laughs> and when all the information started to come out and um, YouTube, you know, uh, was created and all that. I saw Mitsubishi one day and I looked into his eyes and uh, it just, you know, you've heard this story before, right? Uh, just, he gave me the, the message, the connection and I said like, that's the same as, the, you know, the chicken or the dog that I that I eat and and that's it. I Really, I changed mm. from um zero to vegan in a moment and never went back wow. never miss like the cheese or i i didn't do it gradually like i turned uh, like in a second and that is only it's already like 12 years ago wow yeah that's interesting yeah so 12 years vegan you're longer Right. No, I think we the both came the, the, the same vegan the yeah. same the same time. All right, and now you guys are in the midst of a tour. I can't. Ima I got to get you out of here because you got to get down to San Diego. Um, you know, not only do you, are you playing these shows night after night after night during the day, you have to do stuff like this, yeah. right? Like <laughs> it just monopolizes your existence. So before I let you go, like I'm just interested in 
how you maintain balance and you know what is the wellness equation like meditation of course we talked about that you guys are eating vegan but what are the other things that you do to make sure that you are intact so that when you get up on stage you can be like your best most authentic self well lately for me i have discovered that and I don't take life so seriously. You know, it's before I took life super seriously. So the stress, the stress can't, it just burns you out completely. So I found that nowadays I'm more energized because it's less of this toxic, stressful thoughts and all of this worrying about things. And it just, that really, really brings another level. But besides that, yeah, I like vegan food. I'm not so much into junk vegan, although I try it. And I'm so happy that people can enjoy their favorite foods without eating animals. <laughs> uh, but I'm more into a health um, sort of juices and a lot of green tea. And I also exercise in the every morning on tour, go for a run. In, uh, not as crazy as he does, but I do, I run, I do some yoga and the, like real quick. And, um, and then I have a green juice and we tend to eat very, the right. most healthy. Before, like before vegan, I was not healthy. I was vegetarian, but I loved wine and cheese. coffee and cheese. I was cheeseivorous and bread, uh, breadivorous, uh-huh. <laughs> and a lot of those things. And uh, that doesn't help for play or being sharp or anything like this. Yeah, you know. Well, this is not very heavy metal of you. <laughs> no. It's like green juice, running yoga, vegan lifestyle, meditation, <laughs> meditation. <laughs> yeah. But that's the new metal, I would say. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of metal guys are doing that. You yeah, know? yeah, it's true. Heavy and metal, M E T T A L. Exactly, exactly. Um, and for me, it's uh, the same. I do a lot of exercise. I play soccer when I'm home, have my team there. You called uh, it soccer. Well, it's for you, you to understand, Rich. I get it. And then I'll, I, I'll take that condescension. <laughs> Keep going. And then I do, um, yeah, I, I, we try to eat um, yeah, healthy. Um, I, I like, of course, I love Beyond burgers Mm -hmm. and I love you know but in states it is easy you go to Whole Foods and you just massive salads you know when we're on tour it's the easiest thing just to 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 keep it in the side in the healthy side and then um um I run I like running and uh, a lot and um I try to um especially not to focus so much on tour, when we are on tour, not to fo- focus so much on the fact that we are on tour and we are like, it's important to be very kind of uh, uh, concentrated because you are doing that. But if you focus all your attention on that, then you get stressed. You know, it's like, oh, fuck, I mean, I need to play a big show tonight or whatever. So we have different projects. Gav has an amazing co-op in, 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 in Siwa, like a nonprofit. The, yeah. That's not a co-op. It's not a co-op. It's because a non-profit organization, right? Non-profit, yeah. like uh-huh. vegan food yeah. and yoga and stuff like that, um, right? I think I read some about it. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of that, but it's uh-huh. a very community-based. It's just a very, it's not fancy or 
swanky. We wanted to, me and my sister, we wanted to share it with people who has no access to information. Maybe to access to food is a little better in Mexico, especially good food in the sense of fruits and vegetables would be uh, far more accessible because it's it's, the price is not as high yeah. as if you live in Germany, for right. instance. But uh, people wouldn't know how to how to cook or how to use all those vegetables. And over there, but they use a lot of oil and a lot of fried tortillas. That's what I love. Yeah. But it's forty percent of the population in Siguatanejo has diabetes. Yeah. So and it is very hard. So it's people like it, and they they have received it. And we talked about animals and all of that, and they go like. Okay, that's <laughs> sort of convinced. Some of uh -huh. them quite convinced, but we have to because it's our our values and that's the way we feel it um, should be done. <laughs> yeah, cool. But that idea of having something outside of your music. Yeah, to, man. Uh, to to yeah, keep you uh, excited for many yeah for many reasons as well. You need to 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 see to do other things not only for that but uh, financially it's a good idea. Yeah. You know. Uh, and I have a, a cafe restaurant in Ixtapa, a vegan cafe restaurant that my girlfriend runs, and it's called La Raiz de la Tierra, which is cool. It's a, my That's place cool. to go when I go back nice. home. I have a restaurant, a vegan restaurant. Yeah. I'm your client. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and I'm your client. I to, to, <laughs> no, to you, guys, nice. you guys should work together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotta I gotta launch you guys out of here or I'm gonna get strung up on my heels. You gotta yeah. get down to San Diego. So listen, um an honor and a privilege to talk to you guys. Oh, I'm thank just, you I'm for so having touched us. that you spent some time with us today. Um your artistic expression is beautiful. It's touching so many people, and it was just a it was a thrill to be there last night and see you guys do what you do. Thank and you. I honor you and uh, uh, have so much respect. Not the same. You're an inspiration. Oh, no, yes. For thank us you and for so much. Yes. Thank you for doing thank this. You. Really. Um, everybody listening, you got to check these guys out. If they, if you want to find tour dates, just go to your website, right? Yeah. There we go, Gabriella. Um, you can go to your Instagram page, but you won't see any pictures of you sipping espresso or anything <laughs> like that. Or maybe, maybe tomorrow you will. Now this is your, today I want you to take a picture of you guys sipping espresso and put it on your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, come back and talk to me sometime. Yes. Please. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Much you. love. Peace. So much to love, beautiful beings, both of those people, and what an extraordinary gift, talent, and a pleasure to be able to receive it and be entertained by them today. For even more on Rodrigo y Gabriela, check the show notes on the episode page at richroll.com and let them know how this one landed for you by sharing your thoughts directly on Twitter at RodGab, R-O-D-G-A-B, and on Instagram at Rodrigo E, that's a Y, Rodrigo Y. Gabriella. If you'd like to support the work we do here on the podcast, subscribe, rate, and comment on the show on Apple Podcasts. That really helps new people discover the program. Tell your friends about your favorite episodes. Share the show on social media. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And you can support us on Patreon at richroll.com 
forward slash donate. I want to thank everybody who helped put on the show today. Jason Camiello for audio engineering, production, show notes, interstitial music. Blake Curtis and Margot Lubin for videoing today's experimental show. Jessica Miranda for graphics. Allie Rogers for portraits. DK for advertiser relationships. And theme music, as always, by Analemma. Appreciate the love, you guys. See you back here in a couple days with the return of the great Dean Karnazes, his third appearance on the podcast. It's a good one. Here's a clip to take you out. Until then, if music be the food of love, play on, my friends. Peace, plants. Namaste. An ultramarathon's a war. The battle is the elements, is the mountain you're facing, and you throw yourself into it, and it, it I don't know, there's something, it tears you down, right? But um, there's, there's just something so raw and visceral about succeeding and just keeping going. There's something about that. You know, someone has said that without war, you don't know if you're a coward or a hero. And this is your war, right? Every, everyone wants to fight and see what they're made of. And this is the test. This is where you get to see, you know, nothing holds a mirror to you like running, right? Especially long distances. You, you see exactly who you are. It's human. It's very human. It's a very human instinct. And unfortunately, like when you travel across this country, so many people are so far removed from that. I mean, they they don't have a relationship with their body, first of all, and that's horrible. And they've they've kind of just got, I think, sucked into this whole world of comfort, thinking that's going to make them happy. And you're bombarded with messaging from marketers and ads saying just that, you know, buy this luxury vehicle and you're going to be happy. Uh, and it doesn't work. It just doesn't, that formula doesn't work. And I think more and more people are starting to recognize that.